Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. We are the house of God. God wants to come and fill up His house and fill up His people, and He wants to reflect His glory in the midst of us. We are to be a dwelling place in the Spirit until we get home with Pastor Jay Petty. So as he begins to move in us, and as we begin to believe him, as we begin to walk in those things, that's what reflects the glory of God. That's what brings the transformation into our lives. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To believe in him by faith that what he has said, he will do. Every promise. Now let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday Sermon. You know, God's building a house. And this house is being built for over 2,000 years or longer. One of the unique things about this house is it's his house. He builds it with stones that, that uh, he fills. Let's say this morning you're a living stone, you're not a dead stone. A dead stone doesn't do anything. It's a stone that you put in a wall and you put cement around it. Uh, and it stays there until the cement's broke away or whatever. That's not the kind of stones that we are. We're living stones. We're filled with the living God. We're filled with the living presence of God in our lives. So knowing that is that knowing the fact that God is setting us in a place to accomplish a purpose for his glory. I want to read you something out of Hebrews 3. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house. Jesus was found uh, worthy of a greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a home has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. So we've got to stop for a minute and realize that it's what God's building. And God is building a dwelling place for himself. He's building a dwelling place in you for himself, and he's building a dwelling place in his house for himself. It's for him, and he's building it according to his design and his purpose. And the thing is, is that if we begin to realize it's God's doing, this is what God is doing, this is the work of God, not only in you, but in his house. And as he performs that, he... he, he uh, you know, I like God. He's showing me sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta shave a little. Sometimes you gotta iron a little. Sometimes you gotta chisel a little. But sooner or later, He gets His stone the way He wants it. He gets you where He wants you to be. So, but the whole thing is about reflecting in your heart, in your life, so that the glory of God reflects in you. It says that Moses was faithful as a servant in all of God's house testifying to what, what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over the house, and we are his house. So each one of you individually, and as what God is building in his dwelling place, in his temple, is, uh, is what God is doing. We belong to Jesus. Jesus is over his house. Jesus is over our lives. 
Now, you, you, that's, that's one thing you have to settle in your heart to know that it is Jesus who is the head. And it is Jesus who gets to do what he does. In other words, if he wants to give you this gift and give that person that gift and call that person for that reason and that person for that reason and he wants to create this, he wants to create that, that's what he does. Why? Because we belong to him. We're in his house. We are the house of Christ, the house of Jesus. Now, if we could just settle into that fact that we belong to him and he is building something in us and he's building something in the earth and he's been building that something for over 2,000 years and it is going to be miraculous when we get into heaven. It's going to be unbelievable. But it's got to be unbelievable here too. It's really important for us to understand that God wants to do a great thing here today. He wants to do a great thing in you. As I was praying and worshiping God this morning, the Lord was showing me. He showed me two things, but one thing. He says, I want to pour out my glory. I want to pour out my glory on my house. But the problem is not me. It's us. And so part of allowing God to do what he wants to do in us is to realize that God's will is to do what he says. He'll do exactly what he says if we'll believe it and walk in it. So this morning we're talking about that house. Ephesians 2.20 says, Having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building is being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Now, God is already fitting things together. Sometimes you might say, well, how in the world did I end up here? Or why, why, why did I, this place I feel like I need to be? Because it's what God is doing in you. When I say God is fitting, God is fitting you into this building with other living stones. See, now there are other places that are made of living stones. There's other places all over the world that's got living stones. But let's say, for, for instance, in this place, it's what God is fitting you for. It's not what you're trying to fit yourself for. It's what he's fitting you for. Uh, I would like to re reference it to a guy building a, a, a rock wall. He's got to find the perfect rock to set in the perfect place so that it fits and looks good. So, so that when, when it's finished, everything fits together and it looks very fine. A, a good rock, rock layer is an unbelievable person because he can see that rock that needs to be in that place. And that's what Jesus is doing. He sees that rock that needs to be fitted into that place. But we're not dead stones. We're not being built into a wall. We're build, being built into a living, holy, dwelling place of God. And that's what he's saying. That uh, th That's what he's speaking to. That the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So this is what God is doing. It's like, it's like he's building this unbelievable house around himself. And he's, and, and he's going to be the reflective glory in the midst of it. And as he, as he builds this, this house, 
And, and the stones begin to respond to the builder and, and fit it into the place that they're being set in, that it begins to grow and become more and more uh, uh, powerful in the things of God. We have not even begun to touch the edge of the things that God wants to do in our lives. Not even a little bit. And he puts it this way, and whom also you are being built together for a dwelling place of God's spirit. So God's doing two things. He's building a holy temple and he's building us to be in his spirit, a dwelling place for his spirit. So if you begin to look at it, God wants to be here. God wants to manifest here. God the Holy Spirit wants to pour out here. But not in this building so much as in you people, the people of God, the people of his, of, of his pastor. He wants, to, he wants to dwell in our midst. Now, it's very powerful when you stop to think about it because God created the heavens and the earth by the Spirit. You know, the Spirit hovered the face of the earth and God spoke and the earth and the earth and the skies and the universes and all the things were created because the Holy Spirit was dwelling in that place. Now think about that. If God's Holy Spirit is dwelling in a place, if God's Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, wow, the potential is endless to what God can do through our lives. It's what God is building. That's the thing we have to realize. It's not what we're building. It's not what we want to build, but it's about what God is building and what God is causing to happen in each of our lives. So this is where we begin this morning, realizing that this holy temple, this holy dwelling place, is a place of God's manifestation or the place where God wants to manifest. Remember this. The only thing that holds God back from doing the things that he wants to do is our hearts. Do you want him? See, do you want him here? Do you want him changing your life? Do you want him reflecting through your life? Do you want him to empower you? Do you want his glory to manifest through you? See, you gotta want him. There was a prophet, there was a psalm I was reading, and it talks about righteousness brings peace. Perfect picture of Jesus. Jesus is our righteousness. And when we believe in him by faith, we become the righteousness of God. And the byproduct of that righteousness is peace. It is a, a place of, a. in fact, the scripture says it's a habitation of peace in the place that you dwell. Now think about this. The house of God is a house of peace. Wherever the Spirit is, there's a, it's a house of peace. It's a, wherever the Spirit manifests, one of the first things He brings into everyone's heart is peace. You just begin to relax, you begin to rest, and you begin to feel the presence of God, and the peace overtakes you. And then it becomes a habitation of peace as we praise Him and worship Him and rejoice in Him. All those wonderful things come because He shows up. Not that he's not here. He is here. He's always here. He's always in you. 
But what I'm talking about is a manifestation where you can begin to sense and feel and, and know that God is in this place. See, you got to want that. Uh, you got to want that. And there are things that you got to realize that God's trying to change. Well, it is here. I was going to read it. I should have read it. The justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness re remained in the fruitful field. The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. My people who will dwell in a peaceful habitation, uh, insecure in a insecure dwelling, and in the resting places. Now think about what this means. A habitation simply means a dwelling. It means the place you live, whether it's in your house or in your church, in the place you work. It really doesn't matter. What God is saying in this is that that righteousness is a byproduct. Well, uh, peace is a byproduct of righteousness. And when you're walking in that righteousness, and you do it every day. Why? Because you have Jesus in you. So you can't separate it. The peace is there. The righteousness is there. And so what the enemy does is he tries to nip at it and he tries to take away that, that, that feeling of peace between you and God by creating circumstances and all the other things that happen in the natural realm. And what God is trying to get you to understand that those things, if you're going to look at those things, you're going to lose that peace. But if you're going to look at him and, and know the truth and find the truth of righteousness that you are, then you'll live in a life of peace with God. And wherever you go, that peace goes with you. And it'll be a quietness and a resting place for your soul. That's what God wants his house to know, that that's who he is. It's who he's always been. We just let the things of the world creep in and rob that from us. In John 14, the spirit, when it says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. The world does not know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus by faith, you don't know him. If you haven't given your heart to him, you don't know him. And it's very hard to understand these things, these spiritual things, when you don't know God. But, it's, but he says this, that for he dwells in you and will be in you. So there's two things. God the Holy Spirit is in every believer. He's in your heart. He's in your inner man. He's in your spirit. And all the potential of heaven dwells within you. There's two parts to the temple, the single part and the part that is full of living stones. You're one stone. All of us together make a living, living stones, live, lively stones, whatever, however you want to say it. But in each one of us, the same God dwells with the same potential in each one of us to accomplish the very thing that God wants. You can walk in peace every day, no matter what. Through any storm, no matter what. Through any tragedy, no matter what. Because you have this peace 
in you because you have Christ in you and it is the hope of glory in you. Give God glory, give God praise. If you could see this thing, you could see that this building, not this building, you. When I say this building, I'm talking about you. Is that God just wants to fill it up. He wants to transform it. He wants to change it. What do I mean? Jesus and the apostles and prophets laid the foundation. And what that, that simply means is that everything in the foundation is what we build our life on. And what I mean by that, that everything that is in that foundation that came from them, God wants to graft into us as living stones. Same thing. He wants us to be like him. It says, from glory to ever-increasing glory, we are transformed into the image of Christ. So what God wants to do through the manifestation of his Holy Spirit in our life is to bring transformation in our life. And what I mean by that, change us to be like him, to change us to be like him. In other words, to understand that the fruit, the fruit of the foundation is being manifested in the life of the believer so that we become, act, think, walk more like Jesus. I'm not going to look like him out here. I'm going to look like him in, my, in, in me, in my soul, as a reflected glory of God in, out of my spirit. So I become what? I become more loving, more peaceful, more faith, more, 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 until one day, when I get home, I'm going to look just like him. I'm going to be just like him. Now the church, if the church knew that, the glory of God, if the church walked in that, the glory of God would fall every time. Every time there'd be a gathering, there'd be an overwhelming presence of God's power manifested inside the church, inside the temple, inside the dwelling place where the Spirit of God wants to live. See, God wants to do everything he says in his word when it comes to it. God, that's, that's the will of God. If we could just understand that if we can believe the will of God, we can believe the word of God, we can have the manifestation of God living in our lives. Wherever we go, we will begin to see the reflective glory coming out of us. And people would begin to see Jesus in us. And they begin to sense that manifest presence of Christ in our hearts. And when we gather together and as a church with many living stones, we begin to worship and praise God. It should release a holy manifestation of God in his house. Not sometime, every time. We should cry and be broken and praise God. We should be, not because it's, we think it's demanded of us, but because God shows up and the only thing we can do is erupt in it. And that's the thing that reflects out of us back to him. God is not asking us to do something he's not willing to do in us. For sure. 
Romans 8, 9 says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Now, I want you guys to understand what this means. This is the difference between the natural man and the spiritual man. The natural man is a man that's unborn again. He operates and walks in his flesh. That's who he is. The spiritual man has Jesus Christ in him. And what he does is he lives by the direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit that is in him. Remember, he is in us. He dwells in us. The God, the Holy Spirit does. And this is what Paul is saying. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ... See, the thing is, if you're not born again, you need to be born again. If you're not born again, you need to give your heart to Jesus so you can be born of the Spirit of the living God so that you can begin to experience the things of God in a different way. To, be, to know Him is the beginning of all of this thing that God is doing is to say, God, I, I want to be born again. I want, I want Jesus Christ in me, the hope of glory. I want to be blood-bought and blood-washed. I want to be the righteousness of God. I want that right now, Lord Jesus. I want to be changed. I want to be a part of what you're doing right now. I want to be a part of your building right now, Lord. What you're building, Lord. And you cannot do that if you don't have, you don't have Jesus in your heart. And that's what he said. He's saying, that's what he's saying right there. If you don't have him, you don't have anything. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. How many of you are walking free of it? Go ahead, raise your hand. Walking free of sin. I mean, really, free of sin. Free of the flesh. Does the flesh still dictate to you? See, what the Scripture is saying, and this is a thing that we have to believe God for, and this is what he's saying. This is what God says. Believe me for it. I'll bring it. You got to believe it. You got to quit listening to what you're feeling, what you, what what your flesh is telling you. You can't take that as gospel truth. What you have to do is begin to believe what the Word of God says, and believe God for what the Word of God says. Right. So he, and this way he said, your body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is alive because of righteousness in you. But if the spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the one, uh, through his spirit which dwells in you. So God the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit is just, he's, he's working to bring that transformation for that manifestation. So what he's doing is working to bring all of those things to an end. But it's not something that you can accomplish because you want to. 
It's something that you can only believe God for and give him glory for it. God has to do the work in you. It's his job to build his own house. It's his job to build his dwelling place. It's his job to transform the lives of God's people. It's his job. And what he's asking of us is to believe him, to believe in him by faith that what he has said, he will do. Every promise. And the thing is, is what's hard for us is that we, we have a hard time getting past our flesh because we think our flesh is what controls us. We think our, we have to put our flesh under control. Martin Luther went to, went to uh, Rome to see the priest. You know what they were doing over there? They were beating themselves with, with ropes and whips, and they were laying on cold floors, being naked, trying to bring the flesh under control. Now, you think that's funny, but that's what they were trying to do. That's when he came back and said, man, that doesn't work. Because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. In other words, a walk of faith is believing God. God, if you said it, then I'm believing you for it. I'm believing you're going to bring it into my life. I'm believing that this is the thing that you want to do because your word, Father, is your will. I don't know about you, but when I grew up, when my father told me something, I knew it was going to happen. And the reason is I know it was going to happen because he honored his word. As a, as a kid growing up, he, he'd tell me, if you tell somebody you're going to do something, do it. And he says, if you can't do it, you go to them and tell them why. But if you give someone your word, then do what your word, do what you said. And, the, and, and, and see, that impressed me my whole life. Because no matter what, if he said something, he was going to do what he said. He just didn't say it. He did it. Well, God's the same way. But God, God has such integrity in what he, in what he has given us in, in this new covenant promise. And when he gives us the word of God, he's telling us, this is my will. Believe it. Not some of it. Believe all of it. And so he's the one who has the power to transform us. He's the one who's able to give us life because of the spirit of God that is in us. God doesn't work out here. He works in here. He works in to out, not out to in. So as he begins to move in us and as we begin to believe him, as we begin to walk in those things, that's what reflects the glory of God. That's what brings the transformation into our lives. That's what brings God that change that people see in us. Wow, man, I don't know, man, something different about you. Man, you're not the same person. Wow, What's, what happened to you? See, people begin to see the difference. But it's not because you changed yourself. But it's because you allowed the word of God to change you from within. And that's a process that keeps on happening. It's like, like the Energizer Bunny. It just keeps on happening. And you keep on changing from glory to ever-increasing glory. And... Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, it says, do you not know? In other words, you should know this. Do you not know 
that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you. Not just in the corporate body of Christ, but he dwells in you and he dwells in you and he dwells in you. He dwells here in the inner man. That's why it says in, in, in uh, Ephesians, out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might in the inner man. See, as God strengthens the inner man, it reflects to the outer man for faith, for love, for all kinds of wonderful things. Not just those things. But everything that Jesus was doing when he walked the earth should be being done within the church and the body of Christ. Living, living stones should be doing the very work of the kingdom. Should be doing the very things that Peter and Paul did or John did. Should be walking in those same attributes of God. See, the difference, we've got to catch up. Those people were raised in, in, in the word. Peter and the disciples walked with Jesus for three years. And when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they were empowered by God. And they began to see things and understand things. Paul was a, an educated man. And God began to, he just changed everything in Paul. And began to give him new revelation. He began to show him. And Paul said, everything I got, I got by revelation. What the Spirit of God has showed me. What he's taught me. In the inner man. He was able to see. In other words, that light of the Holy Spirit began to reflect in the eyes of his heart. And he began to see the word of God. And it transformed his life. First Corinthians six nineteen. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who's in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Key word: You're not your own, my friends. You belong to Jesus. You're bought and paid for in full. Your ownership. His ownership is stamped upon your heart. And you know what it says? You belong to me. Nobody can steal you out of the hands of God. No one. The enemy can't take you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from God in any way, shape, or form. Except you. When you realize Jesus owns me, I'm his. I'm his living stone. I belong to him. His word is my will. And when we realize that if he owns us, then he has such more for us. One of the other things I was, I was worshiping this morning, I saw, I saw a picture of Jesus going up on the cross. You know what he told me? He said, that is the greatest spiritual sacrifice. Is when you lay down your life for someone else. I don't mean always that you have to kill yourself, but what I mean, when you give up what you want for someone else. When you make that sacrifice for someone else. 
That's what stones do. When we begin to realize we all, we all belong to the same master, no matter who we are. We all are a family, no matter what. We're all connected by the same spirit. And we're all a part of one another by the same spirit. And what God is building in each of us is by the same spirit that's dwelling in us. The problem is our, we resist. We resist. We don't give in. And we don't make the sacrifice that God is asking us to make. Let that go. Give that up. You know, Jesus had to suffer a little bit before he got blessed. You know that? In fact, he had to suffer a lot. In sacrifice, there's always going to be a little suffering. Because it's going to be something that you want to do. But when you make that decision to do what God is asking of you, even though it may be difficult and even though there may be pain, what follows it is blessing. Here's the last one. 1 Peter 2, 4. Coming to him as living stones, rejected indeed by, by men, but chosen by God and precious. You, you also are living stones. So say, I'm a living stone. Can't hear you. I'm a living stone. You are. You believe that? Yes. You believe that? Yes. Are you believing God for that? To make you that living stone? Uh, you're being built into a spiritual house. Who's doing the building? I can't hear you. So he's taking a stone right here. He's taking a stone right there. And what is he building? A spiritual house. It's supernatural. It's eternal. It's a house that he himself is building and has been building from generation to generation from one person to the next. He's built, what's he building it for? He's building it so that he can live in the midst of it. When you get to heaven, it, it talks about the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. And it says that it, we don't need any sun or moon or any of that stuff because the Father and the Son, their glory will be enough light to shine for everything. So the, so the face of Jesus shines like the sun. The Father is a consuming fire. He shines like the sun. The brilliance and the brightness of his glory reflects. And, and, and so as we, as we come into this dwelling place that God is building, he begins to reflect that glory into our lives. We begin to see the light. We begin to see those things. God just didn't want it to be in heaven. He wanted it to start in the earth. He wanted it to start in his people so that he could dwell in the midst of his people, the thing that he's building. And that reflects the glory of God. And it brings every need we have to wholeness and completion. 
That means everything. Everything that Jesus did, everything that God has promised. Breaking the chains of oppression. Healing the broken lives of people. Healing the broken bodies of people. Delivering them out of the places that have been holding them captive in darkness their whole life. Where he can manifest as people come into this dwelling place. The reflective glory from us, from him, begins to reflect in them. And all of a sudden, they begin to feel the presence of God. And as they begin to feel the presence of God, they feel the conviction of God, and they say, man, God is in this place. I know God is in this place. I feel God. I have never known God before, but I feel God. I see God. I feel his presence in this place. And they become overwhelmed and broken by the glory of God. You're a holy priesthood. Holy. That comes after righteousness, right? You're made righteous through the blood of Christ, so you're holy. You cannot be in the temple of God if you're not holy. God makes you holy. He's consecrated you to be holy. So that when you come in his house, you can minister. You can minister his word. You can minister his presence. You can minister to one another. You can minister to him. You can shout and praise and sing and glorify God. You can lift the roof off of this building. Because the greater the glory, the greater the power. You know what happens when God really shows up? You can't breathe. And you can't walk. I promise you, you're going to be on the floor. You're going to be on the floor saying, God, I can't, I can't take anymore. God, I can't take anymore. God, it's all too much, God. You're too much. That's what God wants to do. That's what God wants to do in his house. But you know what he needs? He needs living stones that become the stones in place where he set them and believing what he has promised to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Jesus made the greatest spiritual sacrifice that will ever be made. He laid down his life for mankind. Spiritual sacrifices of praise and worship but there's other types of spiritual sacrifices. It's what God is asking you to give up. There's not a person in this room that's not holding against God. Well, I'm telling you. We know God wants more. And some of us, we know God wants more of our life, wants a greater part of our life. And you know what we're not doing? We're not giving it up. We're holding on to it. That's a spiritual sacrifice. But as we make that sacrifice, what happens is God brings change. Sometimes the things that we're holding on to the, to the most is affecting us in the worst of ways. It doesn't allow the fullness and the provision of God into our life. Some of you need healing, but you're holding back. 
Some of you need your chain broken because you're walking in bondage. You don't want no one to know it, but you are. I could go on and on of the things that, that make a spiritual sacrifice. That when we give it up, we offer it up, we give it up, we give it to God, we walk away from it. Then comes the changes that follow that spiritual sacrifice in our lives. That's our job. Our job is to be a, a revealer to others what it means to give something up to God. A sacrifice of praise sometimes. And sometimes it's just to worship him. But sometimes it's the thing that we're holding on to the most. Our lives. How many of you know it's not your life anymore? It doesn't belong to you anymore. And until you realize that God wants all of you, not just a little part of you, he wants all of you. And the spiritual sacrifice of a holy priesthood is to give God what he wants and to lay it on the altar. There's not a person in here that doesn't know what I'm talking about. Not a person. You're holding on. And, and, but the problem is, is a lot of this, you're trying to fix yourself and you can't. God didn't say that you could fix it. He said, sacrifice it. As you give it up and as you turn and walk away from it, he changes you. Transforms you a little more. One day you wake up and you go, oh my gosh, I'm not the same person anymore. I'm not that person. My life's been changed by God. This morning, it's really simply true that the things that we learn to walk in is are the things that God gives us. You can read all you want to read. doesn't mean it's going to change your life. Sorry. Anybody that's old enough, that's read enough, they realize that they have a lot of knowledge, but they really haven't. Their lives are still the same. They still want the same things. They want a different life. They want to be different. They want the things that they read about in the Bible. But the thing, the truth is this. The only one who can really give that to you is God. I can pray for you. I can lay hands on you. We can all celebrate God and Christ together. But at the end of the day, it has to be the willingness of your own heart. You ever notice it's the desire of your heart that holds you where you're at? Your desire. When you lose your desire and take on his desire, you have to do it by faith now. You're going to have to believe God for it. That's what, God, that's what God responds to. I'm telling you this morning. God responds to your believing him for it. He responds to the fact that you say, God, I know that you're the only one can do this. And so therefore, God, I'm believing you for this because it is your word. And therefore, God, I want to thank you. What did Jesus say? Pray and believe. Pray and believe. Whatever, what, whatsoever things you pray, believe and you shall have them. Well, see, that's a promise. That's a promise. 
to begin to pray for and believe for what the Word of God says we are, what the Word of God says we do. We are the house of God. God wants to come and fill up His house and fill up His people, and He wants to reflect His glory in the midst of us. We are to be a dwelling place in the Spirit until we get home. Quit chasing wrong dreams. Trace the dream that God gives you. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.